I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I would hate to get a box of incredible meat and screw it all up. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I am Heather B. Armstrong. And I am John R. Bray. This week, we are inviting another guest on, someone that I have become very familiar with over the last probably six months or so. His name is Mike Salguero, who runs ButcherBox. You guys may be familiar with this because I have promoted it quite heavily on Deuce.com. And he's joining us today. And you're in Boston, right, Mike? That's right. Yep. Yep. In Boston. How is the weather in Boston? It is pouring rain. Oh, it's not snowing. <laughs> we had pouring rain yesterday, so we sent that your way, I think. Hey. Hey. First of all, how are you doing? I'm great. Uh, our company actually just went on a trip uh, together as a company, which was uh, a really fantastic experience to kind of step out of the grind and dream big and think about the impact we can have on the world and excited and energized and uh, ready for a great 2018. You guys were, was it a company retreat? Yes, yeah. it was. And you guys went to Hawaii, didn't you? No, no, no. not that crazy. Oh. <laughs> uh, we, went to, we went to Mexico, which is pretty oh, crazy. Mexico, okay. But, um, what part? Yeah, we, um, we uh, Cabo. Okay. We went to this... Um, uh, so you fly into Los Cabos airport and then you take a two hour van ride over some crazy dirt roads and end up at this beautiful, um, hotel slash resort where we actually have the entire thing to ourselves for oh, the wow. company. We set out these really lofty goals in terms of the company that we thought we could become. And, uh, the goals at the time seemed so crazy that it was like, okay, if we hit these goals, what are we going to do? We have to do something crazy. And it was like, all right, let's go to Mexico. <laughs> and then it turned out that we were able to actually accomplish what we had set out to do. And um, as as the leader, I had two choices. One choice was to say, well, on this technicality, I guess we didn't really make it. Or I could just be like, no, you know what? We're going to Mexico. So I decided to... Uh, and so you yeah, did it. I decided to go to Mexico. I think it's uh, better to be remarkable. Better to, you know, take care of your people. Well, this, this seems to be um, sort of a... Th- kind of a theme of your of your whole business model just taking care of your people and taking care of uh, animals taking care of the environment do you want to tell us a little bit about the history of butcher box butcher box really started as a take care of my my own health i was um the ceo of a company called custommade.com which was a marketplace that connected um jewelers and craftspeople with uh, customers And uh, during that time, my wife and I were really working on our diet. We did some elimination diets to figure out things that we were had sensitivities to. Uh, We did Whole30 a few times, and uh, we're we're following a mostly paleo diet. And really, just thinking thinking consciously about the food that we were putting into our bodies. And all of these diets, um, in one way or another, suggested eating grass fed beef. 
And uh, I didn't really know anything about grass-fed beef, hadn't really thought about the beef I was consuming, um, but, you know, started doing research and uh, one rabbit hole led to another and I couldn't really find a good source of grass-fed beef direct from a farm. Um, and I just, I, I, that's what I wanted. So I, I ended up um, finding a farmer about eight hours away who I bought a cow share from, which for anyone who hasn't gotten that is like a trash bag full of meat of random cuts <laughs> and then uh it was too much to fit into my tiny uh boston apartment so i gave some steaks to friends of mine and then four or five months later it was time to get more this time my friends were like oh get me some too so i got like half a cow and then four or five months later after that i got a whole cow um so i took over the entire cow and then we split it up eight or nine people took took home a share. And uh, during that process, somebody was, you know, I was talking with a few people, um, one guy in particular who was a vegetarian, but um, decided to uh, start eating meat again, but wanted, you know, really to make sure it was well raised and had a good story and all that. And uh, he was the one that was like, this would be so much better if it was just delivered to my house. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. I wonder how we can make that happen. (laughs) So it it became a a kind of an obsession of mine to figure out how to um, ship grass-fed beef on a monthly basis to people's houses. I couldn't figure out how to make it work. And then I uh, met the former head of operations of Omaha Steaks, who opened up some doors and uh, got us us started. Pretty quickly, we we decided to start with a Kickstarter campaign because I didn't really know if the idea was going to work or not. Um, and pretty soon we actually realized that the problem that I had just defined as grass-fed beef was actually a problem with pretty much all meat, but certainly beef, chicken, pork. Um, so when we launched with Kickstarter, we, we were doing um, all three proteins, beef, beef, chicken, beef, chicken, pork, um, mm-hmm. and allowing people to choose any, any of those three. And what we found was a customer who was confused by labels wanted to eat more consciously, wanted to um, subscribe to something where uh, animals could live as nature intended, where people were thinking about uh, their impact and uh, trying to minimize their impact, um, thinking about um, su- supporting small farmers and just um, really the humanely raised piece, the antibiotic and hormone-free piece, the pasture-raised piece, all that was um, on the forefront of people's minds. And yeah, we uh, we started about two and a half years ago. We started September of 2015 and have just been uh, growing a really interesting business since then. The, the stat I love is uh, at the size that we're at now, um, there's, there's, you know, at least thousands, if not tens of thousands of people every night who are sitting down and looking at their dinner plate and butcher boxes in front of them. That's uh, uh, inspiring humbling, you know, challenging. It's, uh, it's been quite a ride and really fun to, to build this company. And we have a great, great staff and a great group of people who are uh, right behind me, helping me, helping me build this right alongside me. You had approached me, um, oh my God, back when I was doing some consulting work for an animal, <laughs> essentially an animal welfare nonprofit, but they were coming at the animal welfare aspect from a farming perspective which was we realized that people are going to eat meat. How can we make this sustainable and how can we um, make sure that the animals are treated well? And that was the whole point of me working with this nonprofit. And I was vegan at the time, which 
you know, like you, I tried some elimination diets. And when I, I, when I trained for the Boston Marathon on a strict vegan diet, I nearly, I nearly killed myself. Um, and slowly started adding meat back into my diet. And so when I, when I wrote about you guys, so many of my readers were like, oh my God, I've been looking for something like this. This is exactly what I needed because I can't find, like, I'm so confused by the labels. I don't know what any of the labels mean. I go to Whole Foods and it's like $1,000 for a slice of beef. Like, I need this service in my life. And I think that you have found, you you found a void that, that you could totally fill and people are, are rabid about it. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty neat. Well, you touched too, Heather, on the on like Whole Foods on the price point because I think the people who really finally decide they've had enough with with getting either poor quality meat or meat that doesn't have a story that they can support, they go to research it, and I think a lot of times they hit a wall because it just seems unattainable. It seems that you you either have yes. to spend a ton which just isn't really an option for so many people or you eat meat that you don't feel good about eating or you don't eat meat. But, you know, mm-hmm. ButcherBox has shown that that's not, there's, there is another option. Like it doesn't have to be cost prohibitive. Right. Which is huge. Right. Mike, the, it's, it's like $6 a meal, right? For, for the box. Yeah, it's actually less, but um, we say $6. It's less. But it's, it's, it's less than $6. Yeah. Um, so our, our typical box is $129. Um, and that will, I mean, it, it totally ranges on what you choose. If you want the most value, I think beef, chicken, pork tends to have the most weight in the box of most meals. Um, but yeah, you're, you're looking at less than $6 a meal to eat a, uh, well-treated, clean piece of, of meat. Um, and I think ship right to your door, free shipping. Uh, and I think that's pretty compelling for people. So there's, there's. You know, the, the two types of audiences that we tend to see are, um, or customers or members, uh, one is, uh, it's really a convenience factor. So, you know, they might have a Whole Foods in their neighborhood, but they can't get there because they have uh, young kids at home or a job or, uh, you know, just overworked and um, running around. And the idea of going to a grocery store is just tough. And even if they go, they don't know what to get, what's the quality, what recipes can I do with this? It's just you know, a lot. And then we have people who are convinced that they need to eat this way, um, but can't access it. And that's actually a, a, a large majority right. of people is like, okay, yeah, I get it. I want to eat this way. Okay, how do I start? I'll go to my local grocery store. No, they don't even have grass fed beef. Or they're reading a label that says grass fed, but then very small, it says grain finished, which is essentially a regular cow or you know, they, they, there are things that um, the brands are doing to really confuse customers. Um, yes. And I think, uh, yeah, we represent a different path, which is um, pretty fun. And you mentioned free shipping. Yeah. It's free shipping. Yeah. And, and it comes straight to your door. And I will, I get the beef and chicken box every month. And my children, my children are the pickiest eaters in the world. And they're just like, where did you get this? <laughs> Yeah. Especially the bacon. Yes, bacon. <laughs> My kids are bacon fanatics, which, I mean, as, as someone who ate a plant-based diet for over two years, like I was really scared about the response that I was going to get from people when I talked about this service. But again, so many people were like, like, we want to eat consciously. We want to eat humanely. Right. We just don't have access to it. Right. Well, and, th- and that's, you know, the interesting part of kind of uh, at least – 
we actually have a lot of um, uh, of people who were vegan or were vegetarian who come to to us, and it's it's that same story. Is like, you know, I, I became a vegetarian because I just couldn't believe anything. Yeah, it's been really really great to see that because it's it's certainly helping helping people live healthier lives. Um, at the same time, really making a difference in uh, how, how we purchase and the, the relationship that we have to uh, to animals and to our food. And also to, I mean, the independent farmer. You guys put me in touch with John Arbuckle yep. of uh, Singing Prairie Farms. Yes. And he was a delight to speak with because of his enthusiasm for your support. Like you basically have given him the ability to farm the way he ha- was farming was intended. Yep, and uh, I told that story on my website about the way he raises pigs and how he has this the relationship between the pigs and the soil and the land, and the, how the demand from ButcherBox has given him an avenue to have his small farming business. Like so, all the work that I was doing for the the nonprofit Farm Forward, ButcherBox is basically <laughs> like the pinnacle of what we were trying to accomplish. Like this is this is the way farming is supposed to happen. Yeah, and one of the things that really helps for us is because we're a subscription business, um, we can really offer a level of predictability to those farmers or uh, to those right. co-ops that other places really don't have. Like other places, they're like, okay, it's it's Christmas, we need you know turkeys and rib roasts, and that's what we need. And uh, you know, very few are are really building that long term relationship and. It, and a guy like John or many of the pig farmers or chicken farmers or cattle farmers or uh, ranchers that we work with, they, they need the steady stream more so than they need yes. the big spike at a certain time of year. Uh, that's one of the things that we are able to uh, provide. And so, so are your headquarters in Boston? Yes. Yep. Well, it's yes. actually Cambridge, Harvard Square. Cambridge. Yep. Oh, wow. Harvard Square. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then you source from... All over the United States. I mean, are those your partners? All over. Okay. Yeah. So, um, well, we have uh, three, soon to be four, distribution centers where they're taking the meat and um, and uh, shipping it out. Um, and then we work with four or five different cutters and packers, who are the people who are um, taking the cuts and cutting them, freeze freezing them, and uh, sending them to our distribution centers. And then we just work with. Tons and tons and tons of farms. And uh, yeah, we, we're almost all domestic. Um, we do uh, purchase some of our beef from Australia. Um, but fortunately, this year, we're, we're moving a lot more of that back to the U.S. Um, uh, unfortunately, in this country, it's hard to find uh, the right cattle ranchers who are doing things right. So it's uh, kind of a watch out for uh, the U.S. grass-fed beef industry but um uh you know some people are trying to basically stick a cow in a feedlot and um feed the grass and call it grass fed which is technically true but not really in the spirit of um right you know right of, of what what people are thinking of when they're when they made this decision and is that just the result you think of this drive toward volume in america um so uh the what what's happened in the i mean basically in the u.s starting in around the 50s is when um kind of industrial um production started happening and uh some of that had to do with um 
antibiotics uh, being used in uh, animal production and some of that had to do with people needing cheap food after the war or during the war. Um, but all of a sudden, things got to a, a, an industrial scale. Uh, and, and really, I mean, if, if, if you set aside the kind of impact on the animal and all these other, what I think, incredibly important things, and just think about um, the industry basically takes an input, a very cheap input, corn, and turns it into protein. And so people have just been fixated on like lowest cost possible for years and years and years. And with that kind of standardization, predictability, they know what's coming in, they know what's leaving. And um, that's the mentality in the meat world. Um, and so when when it's like, wow, people are, are interested in this grass-fed thing, the, the response was not like, okay, cool, let's go try to source some like really truly pasture-raised animals. It, it was more like, okay, let's see how we can, you know, play within the definition of grass-fed, but really, you know, put it in a feedlot or in a pellet form or, you know, so it's, um, that's not what we stand for. And that's not what we're trying to, trying to do, but, um, uh, versus a place like Australia where, uh, basically they, they never did the feedlot thing because they have so much open land. It's like 26 million right. people. And right. it's like the almost the size of the U S uh, there's so much land that they, that was just never a, a, a thing. So, um, yeah, we, we basically go where, we can find the best product, uh, the best quality for our customers um, at a really great value because we want to, we don't want to send you like two steaks. We want to send you um, a robust assortment of products that you can um, feed your family for, for the entire month. Right. That you can feel good about eating because you know yeah. the story. It's transparency, which is just huge. I think consumers are so hungry for information now. They want to know what they're eating, where it's coming from, but it's so hard to find. And you just pull the curtain back. And that alone, I yeah. think, is tremendous. Yep. John is a single parent to a son who, they're turning 14, by the way. I know. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, so his son's turning 14. My daughter's turning 14. My younger daughter is eight. And you, Mike, have three children under the age of three? Uh, yeah. Well, my oldest is three and four months and then i have a set of twin girls who are 15 months so oh. <laughs> so you weren't you just weren't busy enough you just had to yeah yeah toss in a company yeah. to start well i was i was only going for one no the company started first and then i was like Oof. and then uh yeah we thought we we're just having our second second kid and two turned into three pretty quick yeah <laughs> and so they're all girls all girls yep i'm gonna ask this question because women get, get asked this question all the time <laughs> <laughs> How do you find work-life balance with, with your children and running a business? So, I mean, I'll give you an answer, which is incredibly uh, different. Um, I, uh, so I don't work on Fridays. I, I, oh. um, and I think it's actually the single best thing that I've done for the health of the company. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. So I, my last company, I was all about like, working a hundred hours and FaceTime and being the first one in and the last one to lead leave and like, you know, lead dog, all that stuff. And, uh, I realized like, okay, well, what did I sacrifice? And, um, is that really what I, you know, what I want to stand for? And since my first daughter, Marley was born, I, I decided, you know, what? I'm going to try to just not work on Fridays. And, uh, obviously I'm like always thinking, always working. So it's not like I'm, not working, but I'm definitely not at a desk, not 
typing out emails and I'm just focused on my mm-hmm. kids. That um, that helps tremendously with the balance, and it just helps me kind of be present. I I do have to when I'm when I'm uh, working or not working on Fridays. One of the things I do is I set a timer um, on my phone. So like really? I'll say, okay, I get I, I, an hour. I'm not going to look at my phone, and then I'll look at it for five minutes or two hours and ten minutes, and then like I if you know it might be five minutes later, but I look at my phone. I'm like, oh no, I've still got five minutes. Like. <laughs> Um, but really like trying to structure myself because otherwise, you know, you just, just look at your phone and check out and you're not present. And then it's like, okay, well, why are you doing this? If you're not going to, if you're just going to sit at home and like do work, then like, that's not the, that's not the point. Um, so that's been a big one. And yeah, no, like what, what I've tried to do is like incorporate my family as much as possible into what I'm doing. Um, so I was laughing when you were saying your kids love bacon. There's a, really funny video of my daughter um, screaming about how she wants bacon, um, which we've used on like, you know, marketing and social media. It's like hilarious. Um, when we went to Mexico, my my wife and family went with me. I'm sure other people would love to bring their kids, but, you know, I, I kind of get to. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, I, I, I think we like to think of ourselves as a family here in terms of us and the employees and uh, our partners and what we're doing and i think um exposing them as much as possible to the company is um that's really been my my philosophy so my daughter marley uh can't really do this with three or certainly with twins but my daughter marley has been to countless lunch meetings business meetings interviews kind of like oh there's there's my daughter like you know take it or leave it gonna be around um and nothing would make me prouder than to raise a raise a couple entrepreneurs so i think um you know, deep down, I'm trying to trying to have that happen, um, and I kind of let them know um, that this is an option, this is a career path for them, mm-hmm. and that I fully support that. How old are the twins? Uh, Fifteen months. So they're crazy. Fifteen months, like running around, and, uh, <laughs> I can't screaming. <laughs> but you're also modeling yeah. that it's a career path. But like you said, you transitioned away from that hundred hours a week, always working mentality, so they can see that. Yeah you can be an entrepreneur and not work yourself into the ground forever. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it really is a lifestyle choice. I think, um, yeah, I look back at my first company, we got a bunch of venture capital funding, um, which brings its own stresses and people to answer to and things you have to do. And I just, I, I sold, I sold a piece of myself in that process. And I kind of vowed that that would not happen again. So I'm, I'm trying to do things differently this time. And uh, so far, so good. I mean, I, I don't know if it's just good luck or whether that has helped in the story, but uh, certainly we're building a pretty neat company. And I and I think in no small part is because I've really brought my family along for the ride. Yeah, my my experience, especially with those that I've interacted with on your team, are the enthusiasm is palpable. Like I th- I feel like your your employees feel like they're a part of of something good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure that comes directly down from the top. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's it's really easy when you're, um, you know, we like to think of ourselves as a mission mission based company or a mission focused company. So um, we have a huge mission in front of us, and uh, people people are attracted to that. People want to have an impact in the world, and it's not even like, okay, let's make ButcherBox like the biggest meat company ever. It's more like think about even if we let's say we 
I'm sure we will not be the biggest meat company ever. And so if, if, if we don't hit that, what about all the other meat companies that we're impacting by just showing them that there's actually a, there, there's a real business here. There's like a real possibility mm-hmm. and like humanely treating animals and uh, supporting small farmers and doing all these things is, is a real thing. And it's a, you can make it work and the customers want to uh, support that. I think that will have a huge impact on, on the industry. How many, how many employees do you have now? Uh, so we have 60 people working full time on this. Okay. Uh, they're not all employees. We have a lot of uh, customer service people, but in the, in the Harvard Square office, there's 30 people. Okay. Well, and it seems that you, you know, you mentioned your last company, it was venture capital funding, but with ButcherBox, you started, you relied on Kickstarter, right? Yeah, we, uh, we started with a Kickstarter campaign and um, went out not knowing whether there was an, actually a market for what we were trying to sell. It ended up um, being fantastically successful. Uh, we went out for $25,000 and we raised like 215000 <laughs> Which is yeah, amazing. Yeah, so like right away, right away I was like, oh my God, there's like, people actually want this. So that was that was nice. Well, I think too, I mean, I've never pursued venture capital funding, but with Kickstarter, you're, I think you're automatically conveying that sense of community and family and purpose and involvement right from the start. Yep. Because you need all of those people to do it. And I think that that just, that flows through you, that flows through all of the people that work for ButcherBox and then all of the supporters and now all of obviously the new customers. But I mean, it's like right in your DNA, right in your founding is that Absolutely. community family principle, which is incredible. Yeah. And you mentioned how many work in customer service? Uh, there's like 30 people in customer service. So, yeah. So I I read somewhere the term leaker. <laughs> yeah, leakers. <laughs> leakers. We'll talk about the experience of receiving a box, but there was a woman who ordered a butcher box because of my recommendation and she was just so mad because one of the one of the uh, beef products had leaked. Yep. And I, I read your response somewhere where you're like, have you ever dealt with meat before? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, a leaker for your audience is, uh, so our, all of our stuff is packaged individually. So you get like a steak that's individually packaged. And a leaker is when there's a, like a small pinhole in the packaging um, or sometimes a, a, a little bit of a larger tear. And then when it, when it thaws, the, um, it leaks, meaning it like blood gets in your refrigerator. Um, so we tell everyone to put it in a bowl or to like thaw it. Don't just thaw it on, in your refrigerator, which is kind of like standard meat protocol. And we're working as hard as ever to solve this and just get rid of leakers. The challenge that you have, we, we have is uh, dry ice, which is how we ship our products. Our product is shipped frozen and it stays frozen from when we pack it all the way until when you receive it. Um, dry ice is incredibly harsh in terms of temperature. So it takes the temperature of meat down to a, like negative 30. Um, and at that level, while it stays frozen and that's great, and then it will arrive to you in, in one piece and like be a great experience, um, at that level, plastic uh, starts having trouble. Um, so mm-hmm. it's uh, we, we, we actually have, are changing over a whole bunch of our stuff. And over the next few months, I, I'm fingers crossed, we will not have Laker problems anymore. Yeah, certainly is uh, the, like I said, it's like the bane of my, uh, my life. Those leakers, but you know, I think it. I think it really indicates what what our company stands for, which is just like 
making sure our customer has an amazing experience. Um, we're not just looking for like a good experience. We're looking for a truly remarkable experience and uh, something that you want to share and talk about with your friends and um, uh, solving that problem. We know is something that we need to, um, we need to be able to do in order to um, build that remarkable experience. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I think, though, I mean, even in that pursuit, nothing is perfect, right? And there has to, I think customers, especially with this type of product and what you're doing have to just simply acknowledge that sometimes things happen. I mean, ideally you'd want to ship everything flawlessly, but things happen. I mean, it's going for one, it's being shipped. So even if, even if everything on your end is perfect with leakers, you know, one of the logistics companies, something could happen. And it's just, I only bring that up because it's so frustrating. I think that sometimes one customer will have one bad experience and they're just livid about it. Whereas I've received things before that have been damaged and it happens, you know, I think it, I think it says more about the fact that you pay attention to it and that you're on a mission to greatly decrease it and satisfy those customers than it does that it happens from time to time because it is inevitable. Right. Agreed. Yeah. 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 Um, the last box that I got, I eat meat. I eat a little bit of chicken, a little bit of beef. I've had that back to my diet, but my children again are pretty picky. And it was like a clown car pulling all the meat out of the box. <laughs> and I was like, I don't have any more space. So, so half of my box I gave to my sister, whose children love to cook. So like it's created like a family experience, even like receiving a box and me like calling my sister and saying, I've got two filet mignons and I've got a, a sirloin and I've got a whole chicken, you know, and she's so excited about it. Um, but it it is a really remarkable thing to receive in the, like on your doorstep. Yeah. This it, giant box. Yeah. There's so many, uh, so many possibilities inside. And I, I think, you know, going back to the family thing, one of the things that, I love the most about what we do is this whole meals aspect is the fact that, you know, dinner for me is in my family is very important um, for breakfast or just being able to like sit down and have a meal together. So, you know, talk about like what went well, even my three-year-old is like, what, you know, what was your high point, low point today? And just being able to like <laughs> connect and have a conversation. And um, the fact that like our product is in front of everybody for that is just really, really neat. 
it, it goes back to that whole family, that whole family thing, people sharing food with each other, people sharing great recipes. It's kind of like a age old way of communication and getting along with people that we fortunately get to be a part of, which is so, so neat. So I, I have to ask Mike, because I have, I haven't pulled the trigger yet on a butcher box and Heather is, Heather is doing the hard sell on me here. And I think every time I ask her anything about it, she answers the question and then always brings up the bacon every, every single time. <laughs> yeah. The bacon, yeah. which it apparently Good. is incredible. But my biggest concern is I'm, I'm not a fantastic cook. Yep. So I would hate to get a box of incredible meat and screw it all up. Yeah. So, I mean, that's probably the number one uh, concern people have and also challenge that we have because, you know, we don't want that to happen, right? Is have you, you know, mess up the two steaks that are in the box. Um, right. We have a ton of recipes on our site. We, we ship out recipe cards and recipe books and uh, make sure that we we do things in a simple way so that people know how to work with the meat that they have. Um, I would say it takes probably a month or two um, uh, to, to just feel really confident with, um, with the product. Um, Grass-fed beef is uh, definitely a, you want to cook it on the rarer side. And then obviously anything you put in like a crock pot or an instant pot uh, tastes fantastic and uh, you can't really mess that up. So, um, but certainly for the steaks, yeah, I, I understand the concern. Um, my advice to people is just to pull it off sooner than they would normally because it has less fat. It's just, uh, it's, it needs a leaner product to be pulled quicker. Okay. I would certainly urge you to, to try it out. It's pretty great. Well, and you said you provide recipes with the we shipments? We do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we, um, we're actually in the process of finishing i'm hoping it's going to be in february a test kitchen where we are uh basically going to create video content on a daily basis and recipes and you know really help people throughout the whole process of uh of um cooking their product and the idea is to help people like you who might not feel totally confident to feel confident and learn how to cook meat and uh not feel like oh geez i better not mess this up because actually i totally you know, we, we get people who write in and cancel because they, they're like, Oh, I had it. This was so tough. And it was like, that, that, that's a really good piece of meat. That's not tough. It, it, you did something wrong. <laughs> Obviously we don't say that, but right. you know, it's like what we need to do is just help educate people and help them uh, feel more confident in the kitchen. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's kind of a big, a big challenge for us. Um, but certainly something that uh, most people don't have any complaints. Most people are like, this is incredible. This is the best meat I've ever had in my life. That's the that's the standard. Right. I mean, I would totally blame myself if I screwed it up. I just know that about myself. I just, I mean, it would it would be me. <laughs> but the fact that there's recipes, I mean, the test kitchen is awesome. Yeah. You'd, you'd still quit. So it doesn't really matter who you blame. It matters right. if, you know, if you quit. And if you quit, then that's no fun for us. We want you to stay. Right. You have recipes and like instructions on the website, right? We do. Yep. And uh, we, we include featured recipes in some of the boxes and um, yeah, video stuff. We send out an email at the beginning of the month. Hey, here's a bunch of recipes for uh, your box. We do as much as we can to try to help you. And you're also really big into promotions. I mean, right now through the 31st of January, if you are a new customer, you will get free bacon in every box for 2018, correct? That's right. Yeah. 
John. I know. <laughs> I, I feel like John. the signs are every. It's funny because you know we talked about having you on, Mike, and I read it was last week, maybe or the week before, an article in GQ about being a better meat eater, and ButcherBox had a mention in that. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. Well. Like it's it's just popping up everywhere. I'm. I think it's a sign. My son knew I was looking into it, and he's like, <laughs> "A box of meat? Why would you? Why would you not want a box of meat?" <laughs> right. So. Right. It's gonna have son, to happen. I, I like your son's. Uh, I like his uh, style. I like his questions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wrote about the. Pro- I wrote about the promotion yesterday, and I'm like, I mean, it's free bacon for every month for the rest of the year. Like, this is what you need to get your dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the one thing for 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 Valentine's Day, get your get your dude a box of meat. A box of yeah. meat that keeps on giving free bacon. <laughs> yes. Also, did you know that the best way to cook bacon? <laughs> I do. I just learned this. How do you? What, what is your? What is your method? Well, I, I go with the bacon method, which is lined on a cookie sheet into a cold oven, turn the oven on to four hundred degrees, set the timer for twenty minutes. Boom! Right it's there. It's so damn good. How did you know? How did you know that? I, some I heard about. There's a website like thebaconmethod.com, I think, and that's all <laughs> that's on it is just those like cold oven, four hundred degrees, twenty minutes, done. It's mm-hmm. so good. So who is who is the bacon provider for ButcherBox? Um, so we um, there's a company called Peterson's that has um, bacon that we've used. Um, we are also have our own bacon, and uh, we have taken some bacon from Nyman Ranch as well. Um, so there are different. I'm very familiar different with that. bacon providers. Um, we always make sure that we try it to make sure it's up to our standards. But uh, yeah, there's different bacon providers out there. So part of your job is sampling bacon. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, that's a big part of my job is uh, sampling meat. That's Always pretty like, rough. You know, people are like, "Oh, you got to try this." Like, okay, hey, honey, we we have all this meat to try. <laughs> Do you sample everything that you send out? Uh, we try to. Yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, obviously not from the same you know batch, but uh, I have tried. Pretty much every cut that we are sending out right now. Sometimes if we get something, if we cut something differently or get something new, um, I may not have tried it, but somebody in our company has. So when you order a box, like like I have the beef and chicken option, and then there's a beef, chicken, and pork option. Can you customize a box? Uh, you can. Yep. So there is a yeah. um, there is a custom option. So if you go to sign up. Um, you can hit the custom option and then you can choose what you want in your box. And uh, we're building that out this year. So adding more options in there, but essentially you're choosing six or so cuts. Yeah. Lots of people like that. I mean, that was really built for the type of person who just wants what they're comfortable with or wants what they want. And they don't want things that are different or uh, different rotating cuts. They just want kind of standardization and in, in their meat as a, it's a great option for, for them. And, and there are add-ons as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's uh, yeah. everyone gets add-ons, which is um, the ability to add products to your box. And uh, we are continuing to reduce the prices of those. Because if you think about it, there's a lot of fixed costs for us in shipping you a frozen box of meat in the mail. And so after kind of the, the base box, we can we can just offer you great savings on, on other products because it's just... Um, we, we want to provide as much value for you, the customers that you stay with us and, uh, continue to look to us as, uh, your source for meat rather than the butcher. 
And uh, so we're just lots and lots and lots of promotions and deals and whatnot for people who are members um, to get great quality, great quality stuff at a good price. Like for, I remember for Thanksgiving, there was an actual Thanksgiving box that basically provided everything you would possibly need to make a Thanksgiving feast. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of expanding the business, do you, do you see growing much bigger? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, I think there's a big market out there. We really feel like we're solving a, a, a big customer need and solving a big problem in the, in the food system and uh, feel like we can, we can be much bigger than we are. We also have our ears open for other products um, that customers that our members are looking for. You know, people are looking for convenience or are looking for a great quality product. There's other things that we could provide, whether it's sides or lunches is something that people have talked to me a lot about. Like, I want to eat healthy, but at lunch, I, you know, I just go to the local store and buy whatever. And all of a sudden, I'm not eating the type of the quality of meat I want or I'm eating things that are just not very good for me. So there's, there, there's a few things that we're kind of looking at to help our customer just eat better and live a healthier lifestyle. Do you ever plan or have you considered adding fish? Is that something that's in your wheelhouse? March. It's actually late February, early March. Really? Yes. Wow. What kind? Uh, salmon. Wild-caught salmon. Um, and then based on that, uh, we will then... So salmon is really only caught um, five or six weeks out of the year. Um, so based on how many people want salmon then or fish, we will um, look at how to how to expand that. Like, is it just a salmon add-on that people want, or do people really want all different types of fish and shellfish? Or kind of, we need to see how things go before we really expand it. But yes, it is. Uh, Lamb and salmon are probably the two most requested items, and and we have both of them uh, that we're going to be providing to our customer. Wow. Wow, that's huge. Yeah, Heather, I feel like when we were talking about the work that you were doing, I feel like fish specifically came up as an area that could be improved on. Yes, fish. When I was first investigating... Before I before I uh, did the consulting work with the nonprofit, um, I read a book by uh, Jonathan Safran for called um, "Eating Eating Animals," and in his research, he found that uh, the really fish are uh, the treatment of fish. People think that fish don't have nerves. Um, the treatment of fish and the basically the so much that there's just the overfishing is. Uh, a huge, huge, huge problem. Yeah. One of the worst in terms of animal welfare and in the worst in terms of farming. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so for us, um, you know, we want to keep stay true to the brand. So we really need to work with the right partners um, who are worried about overfishing or worried about um, fish welfare, or just worried about, you know, kind of the mm-hmm. impact and all that. So it's uh, taken, a, taken a bit of time to find the right partners, but we really feel like we've got some good people now. Yeah, that was going to be my question. Was it harder to source for salmon than it was for the for the beef or pork or chicken? Um, no, I mean it's all hard. It's uh, it's a tough. It's certainly the toughest part, but I mean that's what that's what we're getting paid for, right? Is to, to provide an amazing product that um, checks all the boxes. And uh, I th- I think I think seafood is really interesting in general. Um, just you know, in terms of like. People ask me, so most of most customers, most of our customers are really looking for wild caught 
Um, but then you, you lead to overfishing problems that like you were talking to. Um, and then it's like, well, what do you think about farm raised? And it's, some places are doing interesting things. And I, it's, it's just a really interesting space. Um, right. Fish is the only protein uh, that is eaten at the scale it's eaten at that is still hunted rather than farmed. Mm-hmm. And that's just um, it's an interesting thing to think about. Just what if the system was uh, more of a farming thing, but just honored the fish and treated them well and let them live the lives that nature intended? but was more in a uh, controlled environment. Right. Yeah. Um, ours will be wild caught though, because we know that's what our audience is looking for. So I think seafood is an interesting space. Yeah. That's a very interesting exploration of, of how to solve the seafood problem. Um, in my research as well, like the treatment of pigs was a huge issue, which was why talking with John Arbuckle and seeing Seeing a, a properly raised pig was very startling to me. It almost didn't look like a pig. Mm. <laughs> um, not not what you're used to seeing. And to see that to see his pigs roaming on grass and to see how well they were treated, like that's just I, I think investing in farmers like him is so important for this work to go forward. Yep. Absolutely. I just think the story aspect and really knowing where it's coming from is so important. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's important to basically anything you eat to really understand the process and what's behind it, mm-hmm. but especially with meat. And it's, it's great to hear from you, Mike, that it's, I mean, it's a, it's a personal, it's a personal mission. It's a personal interest that you have, you know I mean? Like what you were saying with, with fish, like some possible solutions to that. Like this is something that you you don't want to just have butcher box succeed, but you want to have butcher box succeed and make a difference. Absolutely. Which is it's just it's it's awesome. It's just such a cool mission that you guys are obviously doing really well. Yeah, and what a cool what what a cool opportunity for us to be able to actually make a make a difference. You know, everyone dreams about making a difference and this is right in front of us, which is so exciting. Yeah, and you're and you're partnering like trusting I mean have a, a bit of an irreverent tone to my voice, but coming to me and trusting me to partner with you in, in promotions is knowing that I, my values align with yours. I think, I mean, I think that's a really great way to run when your business is to partner with the right people and to, uh, and to trust their voices as well. And I really appreciated that. Yeah. Well, we, um, you know, we, we think that, uh, that, that for us was the way the way to go, right, is to partner with people who have a, a great voice already and are, are speaking a similar a similar message and just work with work with you to help tell our story. Mm-hmm. And you're doing it all with three small children, which <laughs> is just and and you're doing it while putting both your family and butcher box first. And it hats off to you. I have one and it's incredibly busy. So yeah, I can't even can't even fathom. I'm gonna take Fridays off from I'm now. Good. <laughs> Try it out. <laughs> you might be surprised. So, like you have methods. You, you're setting timers. I, I, that's incredible. Yeah. Well, I, I I need to discipline. I need to have discipline. That's uh. But yeah, it's uh, it's been really great and um, been a lot of fun and yeah, it's just such a neat, such a neat project to be able to talk to such great people and. This industry is filled with really interesting characters and um, you know, farmers that are really great and 
mm-hmm. other business owners that are great. It's just been really, really a pleasure. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. And just a reminder to everybody who's listening, uh, all new customers who order a box uh, until January 31st. It's running until the 31st, correct? Yes. They get free bacon in every box for all of 2018. We will have a link to Butcher Box on the website and everywhere else that you can find us at Manic Ramblings on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And we would love to hear your experiences with trying to find humanely raised and properly farmed food. If you could write us at stories at manicramblings.com. And again, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Yeah, thank you. Until next time, do you know where your food comes from? Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack, to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.